Hello and welcome back to Marked Out for Fruitfulness. This is episode number 15 and we're continuing to make our way through Mark's Gospel and we're roughly halfway through chapter 5. I wonder if, like me, when you read the scriptures, you try and put a heading summarizing uh, the events of the passage you've just read. I find that a very useful way of getting to know my way around the scriptures and uh, a very easy step towards memorizing where to find different passages. Well, whatever kind of headings we were to give to chapter 5, you would notice that there are three occasions of healing that happen in this chapter. There's the Gadarene demoniac that we looked at last time. And then there's what you might call a Mark and Sandwich where he interweaves two stories, I'm sure, because they actually happened um, interrupting one another. The story of a woman with the issue of blood and the story of Jairus's daughter. And to keep this talk uh, to a reasonable length, we're just going to look at one of those stories and tonight and the next one on the next occasion. Let me start by reading from Mark 5, verse 21. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders, named Jairus, came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter's dying, please. Come and put your hands on her, so that she'll be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him, and a woman was there who'd been subject to bleeding for twelve years. She'd suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors, and had spent all that she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because, she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and he asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. And then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be free from your suffering. Well, as we approach this chapter, we can't get away from it. Healing is all over it. And this makes me very excited and also rather nervous all at the same time. Why so? Well, excited because it's marvelous to think of Jesus's sovereign power in healing people. And we can't avoid this because it happens on so many pages of the Gospels. It, it's mainstream 
to what Jesus did when he was walking the earth. So if it makes me excited, why does it make me rather nervous? Well, it makes me nervous because it begs a question, and I just simply don't think we can shelve this question, and we'll come back to it not just uh, now in this session, but on many, many different uh, times. And, and the question is this, so if Jesus did it back then, healing that is, should we expect him to be doing it now? and um, we'll work our way towards an answer. The one thing I would say right away in advance is this, formula hunters keep out. If there was a formula for healing, it would have been discovered a long, long time ago, and there simply isn't. But maybe, and I, I think more than maybe, it's in the hands of the sovereign Lord what he wants to do. Let's first of all put ourselves in the shoes or sandals of the people who were there that day when the woman with the issue of blood made her way towards Jesus. And let's, let, let's just um, remind ourselves of, of what a ghastly predicament this woman was in. Her, her life was a misery and, and the reason was it was bad enough to suffer from a ble bleeding of blood, a hemorrhage, for so many years. But what made it worse was such a disease made you unclean according to the ritual laws. And just like the leper we looked at earlier in Mark's Gospel, she had to keep away from other human contact lest she contaminate others. The loneliness, the isolation, the sadness of her whole situation. and. No doubt that's actually why she went covertly to touch Jesus, because she didn't want to be seen, she didn't want to be spotted. And then there's also the misery of having expended her energy and exhausted her money going to see doctors. Not entirely surprised that Luke, who was himself a physician, expunges some of Mark's caustic judgment on here where Mark tells us, it's really quite a dig, that she went to see doctors and spent her money but only got worse. Well, it's dispiriting when that happens to you. I have spent quite a lot of time over many, many years going to see and taking with me someone I care for very, very deeply to see many different physicians about back pain. And I've watched my bank balance dive but more than that, I've watched uh, hope disappear, really, when a succession of, of trials lead you absolutely nowhere. And that was the case for this woman. And she says to herself, this remarkable statement, if I could just touch the, the hem of his garment, and other translations put it, the tassels of his robes, and apparently the rabbis used to wear uh, robes like that, and they, they had four tassels. And she's saying, if I could just get to the extremity and just, just touch the tiniest bit, I, I think I'll be made well. But it didn't go as planned, did it? And the reason it didn't go as she planned is verse 30, a, a very curious little verse. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. And he turned around to the crowd and he asked, who touched my clothes? And at this point, the disciples get borderline rude 
they come as close to saying to him as they can, what kind of question is that? Just look at the scrum. Uh, and they have no idea what's going on. But the woman, uh -huh, the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at Jesus' feet and told him the whole truth. And you know what, it strikes me that all of us will do that one day. I know it's not the main point of a story, but it, 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 it just struck me as I was reading it this afternoon. One day, each one of us will bow at Jesus' feet and we will speak the truth fully to him. And he will know, just like this woman. Where do I get that idea that one day we'll do it? Well, in Philippians, really. Philippians, Paul writes that one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And also in Romans, Paul says that one day we will all appear before the judgment seat of God. And it's like an open court session. And uh, we will speak truth from the heart. But unlike the woman in this story, I don't believe that those of us who have handed our lives to Jesus will do that with fear and trembling because we'll have confidence that the love of God has captured us already and we've been forgiven and we like the woman have been told by Jesus to go and be set free but let's look again at what Jesus says to her he uses this lovely tender phrase he doesn't use it elsewhere actually in the gospel daughter anytime he uses that word daughter your faith has healed you and then go in peace as, as i say the question hanging over such incidents as this are okay so if jesus healed then should i expect him to be healing today and if so should i be praying for my friends who are sick to be healed and if i'm sick should i be praying to be healed and I must say, there's a lot going for that. I can't really see, quite honestly, play my cards, I can't really see why we wouldn't ask Jesus to heal us. After all, after all, the writer to the Hebrews tells us, Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever. Hebrews 13.8. And he doesn't say in brackets, apart from on the matter of healing. And after all, as we shall see, uh, Jesus sends out the 12 and part of their mission was to heal. And then in Luke's Gospel, he not only sends out the 12, sends out the 70. And part of their mission is to heal the sick. And then at the end of Matthew's Gospel is the Great Commission. And we're told that the disciples were sent out to make disciples of all nations, commanding them to do all that Jesus commanded them to do. And that includes healing. And yet there is a little caveat, isn't there? And the thing that holds us back from... Uh, overconfidence or smugness in this area is well in reality how many people are healed eh? and and the answer to that one is somewhere between it, it would be wrong to say no one is and it'd be wrong to say everyone is so along that scale what what do we expect to happen the, these are big big questions uh, they're not easily solved it's easy to ask a question. It's not so easy to give an answer, is it? But I've been around this block many, 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 many times. And I'm always sure of this. Why would you not pray for a friend to be healed 
or for you to be healed. If you love someone and you want, you love them so dearly, of course, nine times out of 10, we will want them to be healed in this life. And to share our hearts with our Heavenly Father is only a fair thing to do. Well, we'll return to this many, many times. It's not simple territory. And don't let anyone tell you that it is. And we're not going to answer all the problems and all the questions in one session, that's for sure. But it's good to lift the lid on what I know is a pressing issue. And so I've got this question uh, for us to consider in our groups. Here we go. Question number one. What do you think about the whole area of healing prayer? And have you any experience of being healed through prayer? Enjoy your time in small groups.